Shalom, shalom to everyone. Shabbat shalom on this day. Thank you all for joining today. I want to welcome everyone who is watching online. My name is Pastor Evelyn, and again, always a privilege to uh, share God's word and God's truth. And so we're going to be talking about a very interesting topic. Um, I know it was one that was requested in our service a couple of weeks ago. And the topic is, or better said, the doctrine of once saved, always saved. We're going to be exploring what scripture says, amen, and not what man's opinion is. <clears throat> I know that a lot of people, in order to feel comfortable with the way they are living or justify the way they are living, is um, by using this doctrine of one saved, always saved. And so um, I believe it's a very important topic because we need to know the truth. And we are not here to condemn anybody. We are just here to read what scripture says. And today we're going to be sharing a lot of scripture. Um, so again, welcome to those who are, um, to those who have joined. I see here on the chat, um, Edwin is joined. Thank you, Edwin, for um, just letting us know that you are connected. Um, if anyone else is connected, then I, um, just let us know so that we can we can shortly begin. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. So um, let's go ahead and pray to open up this uh, this service or this uh, teaching today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your presence in our lives. We thank you for your love and for your mercy, Father. We thank you for this day of rest. Thank you for Shabbat, Father, where we can truly disconnect and just um, rest. Just rest, Lord, because the world can wait. We need rest, and so you've granted us, Lord, a day of rest and for that we thank you father we pray that as we explore the doctrine of once saved always saved you would enlighten us with your truth father we pray that this message will reach all the people that you wanted to reach lord <clears throat> we pray that the truth is, is spread throughout the four corners of the earth thank you for the opportunity to share your truth father god even when we don't congregate personally in our temple lord we can still share your truth and for that we thank you father we pray that you give us strength in this journey father god we pray you give us strength in ministry lord we pray you give us strength as the body we thank you for everything that you do for each and every one of us lord we thank you because it's not easy but it's only through your grace and through your strength that we keep on pushing lord and keep on doing what you have called us to do Thank you, Father, for the, the truth that you've left us behind. Thank you for opening our eyes, Father God, to the truth and to the truth of Torah, Father God. Thank you for your commandments, Lord. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your son, Yeshua. Thank you for salvation, Father. Thank you for everything that you grant us each and every day. We love you and we bless you. And we pray that this teaching is a blessing to all those who will listen to it either now or 
later on on another day, Father God. Thank you for all that you are in our lives. In the name of Joshua, we pray and we praise you. Amen. Amen and amen. Um, so welcome, Jenny. Welcome, Gabriel. Thank you for letting us know that you are connected on the chat. If anyone can help me with writing down the scriptures um, as we go through them, I will greatly appreciate it. Um, again, we're going to be going through a lot of scripture today. We're going to be reading a lot. So I do suggest that um, you take out your pens, your papers, your notebooks, your Bibles. Um, and if you feel led in your heart to copy this link of this teaching and share it with others, that will also be greatly appreciated. Um, again, the teaching, the title is One Saved, Always Saved. And this is a question. It's not a statement. We posed it as a question because a lot of people, um, a lot of people say, you know, that we're once saved and we're always saved. And so we're going to explore, again, we're going to explore what scripture says. And we're only going to do this by reading what scripture says. This is not going to be my opinion. This is not going to be the opinion of man. At the end of our teaching, we're going to we're going to be able to determine if the doctrine of once saved, always saved is actually accurate. Amen. Welcome, Eva. Welcome to today's teaching. Again, go ahead and copy and share the copy the link and share this link with everyone that you uh, believe will be blessed in hearing the truth. Amen. So again, is once saved, always saved biblical? Is this biblical? We know it's a doctrine, but is it a biblical doctrine? Because there are a lot of doctrines out there that are not biblical. And so our job as the body is to be Bereans. And Bereans simply means people that study the word of God and they test the word of God. Amen. And so we're going to test the word. We're going to test this doctrine. And like I said, at the end, we're going to determine ourselves if this is sound doctrine or not. So we're going to examine what the scriptures say about this topic. Now, I do want to put out a disclaimer out there before we even begin, because I know people are very quick to criticize and to, you know, to point fingers and to talk bad about, you know, certain teachings um, when they explore the truth. Welcome, Edwin. Welcome, Maribel. Um, so the, descript the, the disclaimer is that we, as the body and as human beings, we are not, and I repeat, we are not in any position to determine who will and who will not receive the gift of salvation. We are not God. We are not Yahweh. We are not the Alpha and the Omega. We are not the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We are not Him. Okay? So we as human beings are not in any position to determine who will and who will not receive the gift of salvation. That's why we are going to study the scriptures because the scriptures, which is the spoken word of Yahweh, is in a position to teach and to determine 
who will and who will not receive the gift of <clears throat> salvation. So the scriptures will teach us today and the scriptures will determine that, not us as human beings. So we cannot judge anyone and we cannot say if this person or that person will be saved. We do not know that. We do not determine that and we cannot judge that. Amen. We can simply teach and let the seed do what the seed needs to do. Amen. So um, if you receive during this teaching and if something speaks to you i would like the chat to be active okay we have a chat going on on our youtube page i would like to receive an amen or a praise god or a hallelujah or i receive it or something to that effect to know that you are active okay i know a lot of times we have people that just put on the youtube service and just leave it running but are not really listening to it and so I want to make sure that you are active. I want to make sure that you're plugged in, that you're receiving. So I would like everyone who is on this, um, on this service to remain active on the chat. Amen. Because I don't want you to just to put the service and then walk away and not listen to it. I, I want everyone to be active. Okay. So that's the only favor I'm asking you just to make sure that you're active on the chat. So the doctrine of once saved always saved what does that teach maybe some of you have not heard about this doc you know this doctrine so what does it teach what does this doctrine teach believers it teaches believers that it is not possible for a child of god to lose their salvation no matter what they do i'm going to repeat that again the once saved always saved teaches that it is not possible for a child of God to lose their salvation no matter what they do. So this is a doctrine which I believe provides a false sense of comfort and a deceitful feeling of security. This is what I believe. And the reason why I believe that is the reason that is it's based on all that we're going to study today this is a doctrine that provides false comfort and a deceitful feeling of security especially when you're living in sin or when you turn away from the truth now why do i say that let's dive in to today's teaching so first let's examine some passages that people use to support this doctrine so we know that there's this doctrine once saved always saved and this doctrine provides a false comfort and a deceitful feeling of security but why do people believe this doctrine why have people uh, gotten to the point to believe that once we're saved we're always saved now we're gonna share scriptures that they hold on to when believing that this doctrine is true the first scripture i want to share is first peter 1 uh chapter 1 verse 5 let's go to first peter first peter chapter 1 verse 5 man first peter chapter 1 verse 5 says by trusting you are being protected by God's 
power for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Okay? By trusting, you are being protected by God's power for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Now, after reading this, we have to ask ourselves questions because that's how you study scripture. You read something and you ask yourself a question. How is it that a believer is protected or kept or guarded until salvation? How is it? If anybody in the chat can tell me, and I'll wait, I'll wait uh, uh, you know, a little bit just so we can have some interaction. After reading 1 Peter 1.5, anybody just answer in the chat. How is it that a believer is protected or guarded or kept until salvation or unto salvation? Let's see who, who's bold enough to answer anything that comes to your mind. How is it that a believer is protected, kept, or guarded unto salvation? Through what? what by trusting what that's where it is amen jenny amen jenny said by trusting what that's where it is so we as believers are protected or guarded or kept unto salvation through our faith through our faith now i want you to write that down because that's key Amen. Maribel said by the word. Gabriel said by following the word. All of that is amazing answers. Great answers. But a believer is kept and guarded and protected unto salvation through their faith. Through their faith. Now, is it possible for a believer to lose the faith? And is it possible for a believer to quit believing in God? Yes, I've seen it plenty of times. So if 1 Peter 1.5 says that by trusting you are being protected by God's power for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And we ask ourselves the question, how is a believer protected or guarded or kept unto salvation? And we know that it's through faith. But then we ask the question, is it possible, possible for a believer to lose their faith and quit believing in God? And we understand that that's also a yes. Then we need to think about this. And it's so much so that a believer can lose their faith. That the book of the author of the book of Hebrews warns his readers against the sin of unbelief which is unbelief which is losing the faith let's look at what hebrews 3 12 says hebrews 3 12. hebrew chapter 3 verse 12. look at what this says this is so powerful 
So how do we know that it's possible for a believer to lose the faith, which is what we talked about? And can a believer lose the faith and quit believing in God? Well, let's look at what scripture says. Hebrews 3, 12. Take care. Take care, brothers and sisters, that none of you has an evil heart of unbelief that falls away from the living God. But encourage one another day by day as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partners of Messiah if we hold our original conviction until the end. That is such a powerful passage right there. So if First Peter tells us that we are protected and guarded until salvation, and we know that we're protected through our faith, and then we ask the question, can a believer lose the faith and quit, be and quit believing in God? And we say yes. What are we basing this on? We're basing it on Hebrews 3, verse 12, where it says, take care and make sure you don't fall into unbelief. Take care and make sure that you don't fall into unbelief and to not fall away from the living God so that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin for we have become partners of Messiah if, I love that word, if we have, we if we hold on to our original conviction firm until the very end. So our job as believers is not to say a simple prayer and then think we're always saved. Our job as believers is to hold on to the original conviction of faith until the very end. So that means you can't let it go halfway. That means you can't let go of your faith halfway through the journey. You have to hold it on to the very end. And if we have to hold it on to the very end, is because we may be in situations in life that we are about to lose it. Come on, somebody. We could be placed in situations that we are close to losing it. So, one more thing that we have to keep in mind here is the fact that the author of Hebrews was writing to the people who were already saved. You have to know this to understand the, the, the foundation of what we're teaching today. The author of the book of Hebrews, he was already speaking to believers. So he wasn't speaking to heathens. He wasn't speaking to people who didn't, who didn't believe. He was speaking to believers. And he's telling the believers, believers, Hold on to the original conviction until the very end and do not fall into the sin of unbelief or the deceitfulness of unbelief. Don't let your heart be hardened by the things you hear, you see, or that we're living in. Don't let it harden you to the point of losing that original conviction. That's powerful. So people that believe the doctrine of one saved, always saved, they hold on to 1 Peter 1.5, but they don't do a little bit more digging. They just say, well, you see, scripture says 
that my that I'm protected until the very end, that my salvation is protected until the very end. But that's not what that means. Let's go into the second scripture that people that believe the doctrine of one saved, always saved, hold on to. Let's go to 1 John 10, 27 through 28. 1 John 10, 27 through 28. John 10, 1027, uh, 10, not first John. So I apologize for that. John, John 10, 27. Okay, here we go. John 10, 27 through 28 says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father am I and the Father are one. So this is the second passage that believers of the one saved, always saved doctrine hold on to. But does this passage teach that we are one saved, always saved? No, it doesn't. Notice what Yeshua's words are. Yeshua's words are, if they follow me. That's his words. It says, my sheep, it says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. So it says, I give them eternal life. They will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. So this is a condition. This is a conditional promise. It says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. One thing is hearing God, another thing is following God. But in this case, his sheep, his true sheep, they hear him and they follow him. So the promise is conditional upon us continuing to follow Yeshua. So those believers who quit following Yeshua will not receive the promise. 
It's very simple. But people that believe the doctrine of one saved, always saved, do not read into this. They say, well, it says here that no one can snatch me out of the hand. I said, I said a prayer at the altar one day. I'm good. I'm saved forever. I can do what I want and nothing will snatch me out of his hand. That's false doctrine, beloved. That is false doctrine. Because it says that the sheep hear him and they follow him. It doesn't say the sheep, the sheep hear me and no one will snatch them out of my father's hand. No, it says the sheep hear me and they follow me. And those that follow me will not be snatched out of the father's hand. That's how you read the scriptures. Amen, Jenny. Amen, Maribel. That's right. Another verse that um, believers of this doctrine uh, hold on to is 1 John 3.9. Let's go to 1 John 3.9. We're going to be sharing a lot of scriptures, so thank you, Jenny, for, for helping me write these scriptures down. 1 John 3, 9. It says, No one born of God practices sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot sin because he is born of God. Wow. It says, no one born of God practices sin because God's seed, those are key words for us to, to, to write down because we'll just read right, right past this. But it said, God's seed remains in him. He cannot sin because he is born of God. So John wrote that a person does not continue to sin because of the seed. Come on, somebody. It says that he said that a person does not continue to sin because of the seed. What is the seed? The seed is the word of God. So John is saying that a person does not continue to sin because the word of God continues to abide in him. However, we know that the enemy can steal the seed out of a person's heart. In other words, the enemy can steal the word out of a person's heart if that person allows them to. And how do we know this? That's also found in scripture. Let's go to Matthew 13, 19. If you guys are receiving, say amen on the chat. Come on. I motivate you guys to get plugged in. Matthew 13, 19. Matthew 13, 19 says, and this is a, a, a parable. You then hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the king, of the kingdom, and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away that which was sown in the heart. 
This is the one having been sown along the road. The one sown on rocky ground. This is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root himself, but he has no root himself, but lasts only a short while. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, immediately he falls away. Listen to what this is saying. But the one sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word and the and the worries of the world and the seduction of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Now the one sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands he indeed bears fruit, yielding a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty times what was sown. So we clearly see here that throughout scripture, we see it that it is possible to lose our salvation. We just talked about that First John says that the word of God, when it's sown in a person's heart and the person abides in the word of God, which is the seed, then that person does not continue to sin. But the seed has to continue to abide. Then we said that the enemy can steal the seed which is the word of God out of a person's heart, if the person allows him to. And we got this from the parable of the sower. We see that the seed was sown, but here comes the enemy and he snatches or chokes up the seed because of the worries of the world or because he's not rooted enough. And they fall away. And I, and I love what my version says which is a TOV version. In Matthew 13, 21, it says, Yet he has no root himself, but lasts only a short while. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, immediately he falls away. So if you're once saved and always saved, how is it that when the enemy comes to choke up the word, which is the seed, or steal the seed from your life because of the worries and the cares of this world, how is it that you fall away? And we say, well, and many people, many people will say this. Well, then if they fell away and they weren't really saved and they weren't really Christians or they, re they weren't really believers, that can happen to anybody, be beloved. That can hope happen to anybody. I've seen believers that were rooted, that were preachers, that had their own church. I've seen believers fall away from the faith and now are living worldly what happened to the word what happened to the seed it got snatched that's why scripture says that we need to take care of our salvation with fear and trembling if we're once saved and always saved then we don't need to be fear we don't have to have fear and trembling for our salvation because we're already saved and no one can snatch us out of the father's hand and i don't need to do anything really to to protect my salvation because i already have the ticket to heaven you see what I'm saying? It doesn't, it doesn't add up. It does not add up. So if we are told in scripture to take care of our salvation with fear and trembling, that means, it's, that means that it's possible for it to be snatched away and for us to fall away. Even scripture says that in the end of times, people will fall away from the faith. 
How can you fall away from the faith if you're once saved and always saved and you're so rooted in, in, in God that you can't sin or, or, or no one can snatch you out of the Father's hands? So up to now, we've seen that this is false doctrine. Up to now, we've seen that this is false doctrine. And throughout all scripture, we're seeing so far that it is possible to lose our salvation. But one thing that I want you to understand is that it's not that the Father takes away from us. It is not that the Father takes it away from us. Rather, it is we that walk away from it. Write that down and don't ever let anybody tell you different. It is not that the Father takes away our salvation. It is that we hand it over or we walk away from it. We abandon the faith. We let the enemy snatch the seed, which is the word. We let the worries of the world choke up the word. We fall into unbelief. Which the author of Hebrews says, don't do. Don't be deceived. So, it is possible to lose our salvation. It's not the Father that takes it away. Rather, it's us that walk away from it. Now, can we have an assurance of our salvation? Absolutely. If we stay connected to Yeshua, if we stay in the word, if we stay plugged into him, we stay in the faith, we guard our seed, we guard our salvation and protect it with fear and trembling, we can have assurance of our salvation until the very end when he returns for his bride. And the good thing about it is that we, we are not required to be perfect. So... Praise, praise the Lord for that, right? We could take a deep breath. We can have assurance of our salvation and it does not require for us to be perfect, but it does require for us to stay plugged in and to protect our salvation and to not let anyone or anything choke up or steal the seed, which is the word of God from our lives. So, amen, Jenny, draw near. Help us, Lord, to understand your word. That's right. Try planting a seed, then take it out and let me know if it grows and bears fruit. That's right. That's right. Those are all great analogies. Now, we have examined some scriptures that people that believe this doctrine hold on to. So this is what the world holds on, holds on to when they want to believe that they're once saved and always saved. But now... I want to examine what the scripture says, which is God's way of salvation. God's way of salvation. Let's go to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, verse 15 through 19. And we're going to be sharing now a lot of scripture. Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 19. You guys are receiving, say amen if you're plugged in. Let me know. Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 19. It says, See, 
I have set before you today life and good and death and evil. What is com what I am commanding you today is to love Adonai your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his mitzvah, his words, his ten words, his commandments, his statutes and ordinances. Then you will live and you will multiply and Adonai your God will bless you in the land you are going in to possess. But if your heart turns away and you do not listen, but you are drawn away and bow down to other gods and worship him or them, I tell you today that you will certainly perish. You will not prolong your days on the land where you are about to cross over the Jordan to go into possess. I call the heavens and the earth to witness about you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Therefore choose life so that you and your descendants may live by loving Adonai your God, listening to his voice. We just read a little while ago in John 10, 27, 28, that Yeshua says that my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Now in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, it says, I call the heavens and the earth to witness about you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Therefore, choose life so that you and your de descendants may live by loving Adonai your God, listening to his voice. So Joshua said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Now God here is saying that those who choose who choose a life and they love Adonai, they listen to his voice and they cling to him. Mm, come on. We listen to his voice and we cling to him. Again, listening is not the same way as following. It's not the same thing as following. And listening is not the same thing as clinging. You got to listen and you got to cling. You got to listen and you got to follow. You got to hear the voice and you got to follow the voice. That's how you remain in him. But if you listen and you don't follow, you don't remain in him. And you have the possibility of following into deceitfulness and having your heart hardened and the word, which is the seed of God, choked up in your life. So it continues to say in Deuteronomy. By loving Adonai, God, your God, listening to his voice and clinging to him. For he is your life. Come on, somebody. He is your life. So if you don't have him, you don't have life. You're simply living, but you don't have life. For he is your life and the length of your days. That you may dwell on the land that Adonai swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give to them. So what is God's way to salvation according to Deuteronomy? He says, I put life and death before you i put good and i put evil before you choose life if you want to live so how do we protect our salvation by staying in the faith by choosing life come on somebody 
by staying plugged into Yeshua and following Yeshua, this is how we protect our salvation. So it's going to cost us. And this is something we have to do every day. It doesn't come natural to us, if I can be quite honest. It doesn't come natural for us to want to stay plugged in. It doesn't because it's not natural to us to want to get in the word. It's not natural to us to want to worship. It's not natural to us to want to pray. It's not natural to us to want to walk in righteousness. Why do I tell you this, beloved? Because we still live in the in the flesh. We are still embodied in this flesh that we have carrying carrying around. We are still, we, we still have an, the evil intention inside of us because we live in this world. That's why it's an effort in our part every single day to stay rooted. And the only way we can stay rooted is through the help of the spirit. Because without the help of the spirit, we will fall away and live in the flesh. Maribel said, what happened in the garden? That's right. So he said, I set life before you. I set death before you. I set good and I set evil. Choose life and choose good. Let's see what Matthew 24, 13 says. I hope you guys are receiving. I see, I see very few people connected in the chat it's a little discouraging i hope everyone else that's connected is actually listening writing notes uh matthew 24 13 <clears throat> matthew 24 13 says but the one who endures to the end will be saved but the one who endures to the end will be saved so we have to endure to the end and when we endure to the end that's when we will be saved how do we endure to the end what will help us endure to the end staying in the faith staying plugged in Hearing the voice of Yeshua and following it. Don't allow, not allowing the enemy to come and steal the seed of the word. This is what you have to do till the very end. Now, if he's telling us again, if he's telling us to do this to the very end, then that means my, my salvation isn't secured. That means that I have to do something to protect my salvation and to secure it. Because if not, it's not that God will take it away, it's that we will give it, we will give it up. Because remember, we still live in this world. The cares of the world will try to choke you. The worries of the world will try to steal your seed. The influence of the world will try to pull you back into the world. And so I gotta do something from my part. Scripture says, I have to do something from my heart my part till the very end so that i can be saved 
It wouldn't tell us this if we're already once saved, always saved. It wouldn't tell us this. It wouldn't tell us to secure our faith to the very end so we can, uh, or, or, or to, or to do something till the very end so we can be saved. It wouldn't tell us that. Look at what 1 Corinthians 15, 2 says. 1 Corinthians 15, 2. Let's start by um, verse 1. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. Now I make known to you, brothers and sisters, the good news which I proclaim to you. You also receive it, and you took your stand on it. We received the good news, we proclaimed it, and we took a stand on it. And by it, you are being saved if... Come on, somebody. Look at what it says. And you took your stand on it. And by it you are being saved. If you hold firm to the word I proclaim to you. What is the word? We just said it. The seed. That seed that the enemy wants to come and choke up. That seed that the enemy wants to come and steal from you. It says, and by it you are being saved. By what? By the seed that you were first given. By the good news. By what we used to proclaim. When we proclaim, we're, 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 we're using the seed, which is the word of God to proclaim. It says, and by it, you are being saved. So by the seed, you are being saved. If you hold firm to the word. So by the seed, you are being saved. If you hold on to the seed, I proclaim to you. Unless you believed without proper consideration. For I also passed on to you, first of all, what I also received. Come on. Amen, Eva. That's exactly, Jenny. Why so many scriptures telling us to endure to the end? That's right. Why so many scriptures are telling us to endure to the end if our end is secured without us having to do anything? After all, we're once saved, always saved because of a magical prayer we said, right? No. Not right. So here is telling us that we are being saved by the seed if we hold on to the seed to the very end. Philippians 2 verse 12. I'm giving you guys scripture because we want to see what this says i don't want to hear what man has to say about this i don't care what doctrine is out there i want to see what scripture says philippians 2 verse 2 uh, i'm sorry philippians 2 verse 12 come on my bible is titled work out your salvation when it comes to this passage we're going to read right now Come on, Maribel says we have to endure test because we have to be proven. Yeshua had to endure and he overcame the world. Amen. Come on. This, this passage right here in Philippians 2.12 in my Bible, which is the Tree of Life version, is titled Work Out Your Salvation. If, if something is freely given to me and it's secured forever, I don't have to work for it, right? Well, let's see what it says. Therefore, my loved ones, just as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, 
but now even more in my absence. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For the one working in you is God. Come on. Both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So I, I'm going to stop right there and I'm going to ask. If we are not plugged into God. If we fall away from the faith. If we fall back into the world. If we're not plugged into Yeshua. If we're not listening and following him. Then I'm assuming that the one working in us. Which is God. Will stop working in us. Because it says. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For the one working in you is God. Both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So he's the one that gives you the will to stay in the word. Come on. He's the one that gives you the will to stay in the path of righteousness. He's the one that gives you the will to walk the narrow path. He's the one that gives you the will to crucify the flesh every day and say no to the flesh and yes to the spirit. He's the one that gives you the will and to work for his good pleasure. So if you fall away from the faith, you're not no you no longer have the will to do any of that, which is very dangerous grounds for the enemy to come and snatch up everything that you have worked for, all the seed that you've been given, all the word that has been planted. You are on easy ground to it be snatched away from you. It continues to say in verse 14, do everything without grumbling and arguing. Come on, that's that's difficult for a lot of people, including myself. Because if I can be honest, I get tired. I get tired. I get tired of giving. I get tired of serving. I get tired of ministry. I get tired. I'm a human being. And sometimes I grumble and I catch myself and I say, God, forgive me. Forgive me. But it says, do everything without grumbling and arguing. And if you are an honest person, you will be honest with yourself and say, I'm tired too. I get tired too. I get tired of walking this, this path because it is not easy. It doesn't matter if you're ordained to preach the word. You're still a human being and you get tired. But it is only God who gives you the will to continue and the will to continue working and to keep on striving and to keep on enduring to the very end. It says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you might be blameless and innocent children of God in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation there you go it says to prevent you being caught up in this crooked and twisted generation work out your salvation every day every day work out your salvation let's continue second john 118 i'm bombarding you guys with scripture because this is this is the only thing we need we need nothing else Anybody comes and tell you, no, scripture says once saved, always saved. All of these scriptures I'm giving you is your defense. And I hope you're writing this down. This is your defense. Some people don't like to look up, for script, look up scripture, but I'm giving it to you right now. You don't even have to look it up. I did the homework for you. 2 John 1.18. I'm sorry, not 2 John. Yeah. 
or 118, I'm sorry. 2 John 118. scripture revelation 226 the back of the book revelation 226 i'll get back to that other john one i think i wrote that wrong it may be first john but we'll look into it later for the sake of time revelation 226 to the one who overcomes and guards my deeds to the end I will give him authority over the nations. It doesn't say to everyone who said a, a simple prayer in an emotional moment at a church service. Come on, somebody. It does not say that. It says to the one who overcomes and guards my deeds. What are the deeds? What do we what what do we have what do we do? What do we practice? The commandments. To that one, scripture says. To that one. I will give them authority over the nations. Not to anybody. Not to anybody that thought that they were once saved, always saved. No, to the one who guards my deeds and does them. To that one. I'll give them authority. People walking around in Christianity thinking they have authority over the gates of hell. They get themselves in trouble when they start rebuking all these demons and casting and binding and doing all that stuff. We can only have the authority to do that when we're walking in his commandments. If you're not walking in his commandments, don't even bother in binding, casting out and rebuking anything because that spirit is going to stay right there. I'm being honest. If you are not guarding the commandments, if you are not guarding the deeds, if you are not guarding his word, and if you're not protecting your salvation with fear and trembling, like scripture says, don't even bother rebuking, casting out, and closing portals of hell. Don't bother doing any of that. Because that spirit is going to stay right there. That spirit recognizes. That spirit recognizes if you are walking in obedience or not. If you're not walking in obedience, that spirit recognizes it and makes itself comfortable right where it's at. And I can speak from experience because when I first started walking with the Lord... When I went to Bible college, I had to take a class of spiritual warfare. And I thought I was the champion of spiritual warfare. I thought I was, I can overcome the world because of everything I was learning. And they were teaching me falsely. And so I was called to a house where one of my co-workers had Literally, her pantry, she tra she transformed it into an altar. All the shelves had altars. They had coconuts. They had coconuts with, like, money around it and, like, incense and 
all this crazy stuff and she's like oh i know that you believe in god and i really want to take this stuff out of my house so if you can just come to, to my house during lunch and just help me take it out and maybe pray i said oh I, I got this i got this i'm taking a class i know what to do i went i started rebuking i started casting out i started laying hands on her her husband everybody by myself <laughs> before i I didn't even get prepared spiritually. I just went during lunchtime to do a quick drive-by situation, <laughs> right? And I did all that and I grabbed all the coconuts and threw it out in the garbage and I thought I was the, I was it. And she was looking at like, wow, you're so bold. You know, you're really, you're really someone who walks in faith. And I was like, yeah, you know. I was tormented for almost a year after that. I had to call for deliverance for myself. I wasn't walking in the commandments. I was walking in the superficial Christianity. And I was tormented for a year after that, which I had to call for uh, deliverance myself. So much so that I fell into depression and suicidal tendencies. That's why, beloved, if you are not walking in the word and to the best of your ability and with the unction of the spirit and with the help of the spirit, walking in the commandments of God and obeying them to the best of your ability, don't go casting anything out. As a matter of fact, you don't cast anything out. You call, you call the Lord to come and fight your battles for you. I used to be one that would say, I rebuke and I cast. Who am I? I am no one. I'm simply a vessel used by the Lord to share his word. I am no one. So I changed the, my strategy. I changed the way I pray. I said, Father, I pray that you rebuke this spirit off of him. That you rebuke this spirit off of her. Or that you break down the, 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 the walls. And that you break the chains. I call unto him because he is the one that fights their bat our battles. And it's funny because Jenny, Jenny on the chat, she put a little sword. I remember even that I started a ministry called Women with Swords. And we all came into the temple with swords and we started rebuking everybody. And now I think back, I say, wow, God, what was I thinking? <laughs> what was I thinking? So, beloved, we have to we learn we have to learn a lot. We have to learn a lot. So, let's continue Hebrews six four through six. I hope you guys are receiving. It's in His name, not not in anybody else's name. Hebrews six four through six. Hebrews 6, 4 through 6 says, For it is impossible for those who once were enlightened, having tasted of the heavenly gift and become partakers of the Ruach HaKodesh, the, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, and having tested the good word of God and the power of the Olam Haba, and then having fallen away to renew again to repentance, since they are again crucifying ben, Elo ben elohim for themselves and publicly 
disgracing him. Look at what it says. That is powerful right there. It says that it's very difficult, actually not difficult. It says for it is impossible for the, for one who has tasted and partaken from the spirit and having tasted the word of God and the powers of Olam Haba, then having fallen away to renew again, to renew them again to repentance. The Bible says that it is impossible for those who once tasted the word of God, but then fall fallen away from the word of God. The Bible says that it's impossible to bring them back to repentance. Wow. That's that's difficult to hear. But that's what scripture says. It is impossible for those who were enlightened, enlightened by what? By the truth. It is impossible for those who have tasted the gift of the Ruach HaKodesh and have tasted the good word of God to fall away and then bring them back to repentance. Very difficult to hear. Hebrews 10, 26 through 27. Hebrews 10, 26 through 27. For if we keep on sinning willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but only a terrifying expectation of judgment and a fury of fire about to devour, devour the enemies of God. Hold on a second. If the doctrine of one saved, always saved is true, then we can continue sinning, right? That's what the, that's what the doctrine teaches. That no one can snatch you out of God's hands. That you're once saved, always saved. You can live as you want. And no one will snatch your salvation away. But scripture says, if we keep on sinning willfully, after we receive the truth, there's no longer a, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. So then, wait a second. So then we can lose our salvation. And again, it's not that God takes it away, but we hand it over because of our rebellion and our sin willfully. Got some important things to think about here. Matthew 24, 10 through 12. Matthew 24, 10 through 12. I'm giving you scripture to defend your faith. And scripture says, scripture says that we need to be prepared and ready always to defend our faith. Matthew 24, 10 through 12 says, And then many will fall away. Actually, let's start reading from verse 9. Matthew 24, verse, verse 9. This is talking about the end days. Then they will hand you over to persecution and will kill you. You will be hated by all the nations because of my name. Some people are already hated because of the name of the Lord. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. False prophets will arise and lead many astray. We already see false prophets arising. False prophets are the ones that go around and say what kind of car you're going to drive next week, what kind of trips you're going to take around the world, how much money you're going to make, who you're going to marry, how successful you're going to be, how many ministries you're going to have. That's not what a prophet does. You go back to, 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 to the Old Covenant, uh, to, to the Old Testament, and you will see what prophets do. Real prophets speak to you and call you back into obedience that's what prophets do 
Now, nowadays, everybody's a prophet, and nowadays, everybody tells you, you know what that, that is? That's a divination. That's the spirit of a divination. That's not prophecy. And what, what do people do? They run to a service when they know that there's a prophet coming. They want to sit in the first row because they want the prophet to look at them and give them a word so that they can emotionally walk out of service and do what the prophet said and then crash into a wall because it wasn't even God's will to begin with. I've seen it happen and it's happened in my family. So I can testify to that. So it says that in the end days, many will fall away. Fall away from what? Fall away from the faith. So if you're falling away from faith, that means that once you were in the faith, which means you were once saved. So if you were once saved and you're always saved, then there is no possibility to fall away from the faith, right? Wrong. There is a possibility. Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 20. Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 20 verse 3 chapter chapter 3 verse 20 it says when a righteous person turns from his righteousness and acts perversely, I will lay a stumbling block before him and he will die. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. When a righteous person turns from his righteousness and acts perversely, I, myself, <laughs> will put a stumbling block before him and he will die. Because you have not warned him he will die in his sin. His righteous deeds that he has done will not be remembered. Wow. But I will require his blood at your hands. If you warn the righteous person not to sin and the righteous person does not sin, he will surely live because he took warning. You will have delivered your soul. Mm. Now, notice here. Notice here that we just read the word turn back. The word turn back. This is it's 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 an active verb. It's indicated that we have turned from our sin. He's calling us to turn back. He's calling us to turn back. If you're on the verge of walking away, he's calling you to turn back. If he's calling you, then this is the time. Maybe at one point he'll stop calling you and that's dangerous. He doesn't want you to go back to your to your vomit like a dog goes back to the vomit. Actually, let's read that. Let me let me look up that verse. Wait one second here. Let's go to 2 Peter. 2 Peter 2, 20 through 22. This is a great, great verse. 
second peter 2 20 through 22 you guys receiving are you guys with me are you guys plugged in Second, per, uh, Second Peter 2, 20 through 22. For if, for if after escaping the world's pollutions through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Yeshua the Messiah, they again become enlightened in these things and are, and are overcome, the end for them has become worse than the beginning for it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after learning it to turn back from the holy commandment passed on to them what has happened to them confirms truth of the proverb a dog returns to its vomit and a scrubbed pig heads right back into the mud. Wow. It says, i rather you not know the truth. i rather you not be in the faith. Than know the truth and be in the faith and walk away from it. Look at what it says here. You think, well, God wants me to be. Yes, but he says, i rather you not. I rather I rather you not be a dog that turns back to its vomit. I rather you not be a scrub pig that heads right back into the mud. These are some strong words. But these words are used to represent who have become believers but have left their their faith and have gone back into the sinful world. This is what this is used to describe these type of people. So if you could be a dog that returns to the vomit and a scrub pig that returns back to the mud, then that, does that always secure that you will never return to the mud? No, it doesn't. He's saying, I'd rather you not know of the faith than to know the faith, be in the faith, be in righteousness, and then re return back to it. What is that a description of falling away from the faith? That is synonymous to falling away from the faith. And in the faith you were saved. So if you're falling away from the faith, are you still saved? I don't know. You can determine that as a dog returns to its vomit and a scrub pig returns right back to the mud. You determine if you think that that's not falling away. As a matter of fact, we just read that in the end days, many will fall away from the faith. Many will fall away from the doctrine that they believe that they were once saved, always saved. It even says here in 2 Peter that in the latter days, they will be worse than in the beginning. So if in the latter end, they are still saved, as the one saved, always saved doctrine says, if in the latter days, they are still saved, then how could the latter days possibly be worse than their beginning? Do you see how the one saved, always saved doctrine does not make sense? These are doctrines that people come up with to feel this false sense of security and to justify them living in disobedience, but still trying to claim and cling on to the promises. A false sense of security. 
Even the parable of the vine and the branches proves that it is possible for a believer to fall away from grace. Let's look at this. John 15, 1 through 6. I'm sorry if this is a little bit of strong, but it's the truth. And we try to always teach truth. And I'm giving you scripture because it's not my opinion. It is the breath of God, the word of God, his own words. John 15, 1 through 6. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he trims so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word. Come on, because of the word I have spoken to you. We literally said at the very beginning of this teaching that the seed is the word. And here it says you are already clean because of the word. Why? Because the, the, the word are waters of refreshment for your soul. It's, we, we are washed with the word daily. We are redeemed by the blood, but we are sanctified by the word. If you don't have word in your life daily, you're not daily being sanctified. You are redeemed, and you if you want to write this down, write it down. You are redeemed by the blood, but you are sanctified by the word. So if you want to walk in sanctity, you have to protect the seed of the word. And you can't let nothing and no one come and choke it up. That's part of protecting your salvation with fear and trembling. So it continues to say, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he trims it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean by the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me. So he's telling you, You're, you are already clean by the word I gave you. Now you want to stay clean? Abide in me and I will abide in you. The branch cannot itself produce fruit. So you yourself cannot produce fruit. You got to abide in him. The branch cannot itself produce fruit unless it abides on the vine. You got to stay plugged in, beloved. Likewise, you cannot produce fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who abides in me and I am him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone, listen to this, this last part. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and is dried up. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. Burned. It says. So Joshua is saying, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and is dried up. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. Notice, beloved, notice that the branches in this passage represent individual believers. That's why salvation is independent. You can't save your wife. You can't save your kids. You can only, through the blood and through protecting your salvation, you can only save yourself. Through Not save yourself, but Yeshua can only save you, it's an independent thing is what I'm saying. You can't save anyone else. 
So notice that the branches in this passage represent individual believers. It does not represent denominations. So you know those people that say, well, I'm saved because I go to church once a month. <laughs> or I'm saved because I pick up a proverb once a week. It's not talking about, or, 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 or I'm saved because I'm plugged in, in into a group of believers. Those believers are not, gonna, are, are not going to save you. This is not a denominational salvation. This is an individual salvation. And when Yeshua was speaking in this moment about abiding in the vine, he, he was not speaking of denominations because there were no denominations in the existence at that time in Yeshua when Yeshua spoke those words. Denominations didn't exist. So this is an individual conversation. And God's word plainly teaches that it is possible for a believer to sin or walk away from their faith in such a way that he can fall from grace and be eternally lost. So again, my question to you, we cannot judge anyone. Like I said at the very beginning, we as human beings living in the flesh and being still here in this world, we are not in a position to determine who will be saved and who will not be saved. All I'm simply doing is teaching you what scripture says, giving you tons of scripture so you can defend your faith when it comes to the once saved, always saved doctrine. We are not in a position to determine who will receive this gift of salvation or not, but we are in a position to pull out the word and allow the word to speak by itself. So with all of this that I've given you, go test the word even more. Take it to God because I was one that believed once saved, always saved. I would walk around believing that. I walked around teaching that for many years. Even in the beginning of our ministry, my husband and I, pastoring, teaching, once saved, always saved. And boy, were we wrong. When you actually start digging into the truth, you notice that you're wrong about so many things. And then when you notice that you're wrong about so many things and you start walking in the truth, it's a very lonely walk. It's a very lonely walk. But it's worth it. At the end, it's worth it. So I pray that this teaching has enlightened you one way or another. I pray that it has taught you something new. And I pray that you take this opportunity to share this teaching with believers of this doctrine. Be bold enough to share this teaching with believers of this doctrine or with anyone really that you know this will bless. I thank you for being connected. Thank you for staying for an hour and a half with me for those who have. And I pray that this seed is planted. It becomes Rema in your spirit and no spirit outside of the Holy Spirit of the Lord comes to choke it up or steal it from you. Hold on to your faith, beloved. Protect your salvation with fear and trembling. And protect the seed, which is the word of God in your life. Till next Shabbat.